Hello, friends. Meister here, bringing you episode 420 of Maestro on the Mic, doing it Thursday, shorty style. In today's episode, I'm talking about how to eat the frog. I think we're going to rename that because it sounds kind of mean, but talking about how to eat the frog as it relates to online business, specifically inspired by me deciding to move the podcast into the video realm. All this and more, but first, hey DJ, give me that heartbeat. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hello, my podcast people, and welcome back to another episode of my favorite podcast. As always, super grateful, incredibly grateful for you joining me. So right off the bat, this is weird. I am recording this episode with no headphones on. If you're watching the video, you can see that I don't have headphones on. Why? Because I decided to bring things over into the podcast, excuse me, into the YouTube space, and it looks kind of weird if you have headphones on. So we're doing it sans headphones, but I have recorded 419 episodes with headphones on. So this is a little bit different. And this is actually what inspired today's episode. So we're going to talk about how to eat the frog, the online business edition. And let's change the name of that right off the bat and make it how to eat the chocolate frog, just because it feels weird saying this. Like I, yeah, I don't like it. So I actually Googled, like, where does this phrase come from? Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you haven't. Hopefully you have because that's the title of the episode and it's probably weird if you haven't heard of it. But according to Google, Mark Twain once said that if you have to eat a live frog, do it first thing in the morning and nothing worse will happen to you for the rest of the day. The eat the frog strategy is a prioritization and productivity method used to help people identify difficult tasks. So as it relates to what you know, I'm talking about today... I decided to move the podcast into or bring the podcast into the YouTube space. And dude, the resistance was and still is very real. I think that when we are looking at new tasks that we perceive as difficult, we can kind of stratify it into two different levels, if you will. We got different devils for different levels. So initially, before you've even started anything, when you're a super beginner, it's all about the what ifs. What if this? 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 And I think the next level when you've been doing it for a while becomes what about? Because you have more data and you're like, well, what about this thing? And what about this thing? And I know that I do it this way. And what about this? For me, as it relates to bringing this podcast onto the YouTube, onto the YouTube, I feel like 97 years old, but as it relates to bringing it onto YouTube, I was overwhelmed and I am still overwhelmed by the sheer magnitude of the data, the files, the files are in the computer. Just incredibly overwhelmed by that because I know just from video size, right? So audio only is smaller, but this is going to be video. And actually a little bit of a tangent. Uh, I got an iPhone 14, been recording on that and the files are huge. I got a little notification from, from 
iTunes, not iTunes, from Apple about my iCloud storage, right? We get two terabytes. You can pay for two terabytes of cloud storage. It's like $10 a month. Apparently, I filled it up. Filled it up. I thought it would never happen. Got an iPhone 14, and the size of those videos is insane. Just absolutely insane. So for reference, I was going through my iCloud or whatever and looking at videos I had from like, I don't know, 2015, something like that from when I was teaching for Rock Tape. And I had 40-minute long videos, hour-long videos, and those were like 5 gigabytes max. Same length video with an iPhone 14 shot in cinematic mode with that HDR, 50 gigs, 50 gigabytes. And I was like, holy smokes, this is how I filled this up. So as I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I'm going to record these, make videos of it, put it on YouTube. I can ha have some B-roll. So I actually have a camera. You can't see it, obviously, uh, whether you're listening to this or even watching on YouTube. You can't see it. I have my, an old iPhone, iPhone X, off to the side for some B-roll and al also largely so that I can put it on uh, Instagram. It just makes it easier because the different format sizes. Uh, and so I'm setting all these things up and I'm like, dude, so much data and so many things could go wrong. What about? And then I was concerned about this, the sound. Like, this is a podcast. And to me, number one priority is the audio quality. And so I'm like, oh, my God. Suppose that gets messed up. I'm thinking about the added difficulty. This is the friction point with this. So my YouTube guy, Dr. Jojo O, was talking to him about this, talking to him about it this morning and just being like, it's actually very easy for me to record a podcast now. I know what I want to say. The setup in and of itself is just incredibly easy where I can just basically hit record. Adding video, the number one issue I have, my desk is messy as hell. I almost said my desk is messy as F. I don't even know if I can curse because it's going on YouTube and I was like, that's, that's another thing I'm thinking about. So we're going to just self-edit for right now. But my desk is messy. And while you can't really see it from YouTube because of the angle of the, of the video, with B-roll and the way I have my phone set up and it's, you know, in that portrait mode, that 916, you could see my desk. And I was like, oh gosh, now I got to like at least tidy it up a little bit. Yes, I want it to be real, but it's distracting how much stuff I usually have on my desk. And I have no shame about it. But again, when I'm thinking about the user experience, I want you to be able to pay attention. And I'm like, I got all this stuff on my desk. So I'm just thinking about, oh my gosh, now if I'm going to record this, every time I got to go and clean my desk and I got to make sure the video was working well and just so much friction. So much friction. And so I was like, you know what? We're going to record an episode about this. I also got to mention that I was thinking about the fact that this is going to be episode number 420. And I was like, I'm going to bring this over to YouTube and are people going to be like, well, where the hell are the rest of the episodes? But also I can't do anything about that, right? Like I can't go back and record them, re-record them as videos. So I was like, well, that I have to just get over that. So let's make this actionable. Let's talk about how to actually eat the proverbial, or we'll just say the chocolate frog. Like I said earlier, I think that we have kind of two um, levels here. We have people that are just starting out and what I think they should do and people that have been doing the thing and are kind of pivoting, evolving, growing or layering something else on. So if you are just starting out, my number one recommendation, do less research and just get started with what you have. 
yes, I'm taking this, you know, episode from the lens of online business, especially the kind of the digital side of things and the tech, the tech side of things. What I found is that the more research that you do, the more tripped up you're going to be. You're like, what if, what if, this might be better. That thing might be better. I actually just had a call not too long ago. I was brought in as a guest speaker and I, you know, hopped on a, I spoke in the DMs with one of the attendees, the virtual attendees afterwards. And she just had all these what ifs. And I was like, dude, just start with what you have. It's fine. It's sufficient. So if we're thinking about kind of being a digital content creator, being in the online space and just getting started with what you have, two things to remember, short form things, short form content, it doesn't last. It goes away. Even if something like is on TikTok and it goes viral, eventually it, it stops, right? If it's a story on Instagram, guess what happens? It disappears in 24 hours. If it's a post you don't like, take it down. I get it. I know things last forever, technically, but they don't. Like, people can find stuff, screenshot, whatever. But in reality, they don't. They don't last. So if you're like, oh, I just started out and I was, you know, messing up on things, guess what? It's fine. It doesn't last anyway. The flip side of that is kind of the long-form content that maybe you're creating if you're a blogger or trying to become a blogger, you're starting, or you're trying to become a vlogger and do video, you're just starting out. Good side, flip side, good side, positive side, you might get lucky. I think back on my own successes that I've actually just noticed because I'm pushing more into YouTube and I'm pushing more into SEO and utilizing SEO. And as I'm doing this, I've brought in people that are really good at this. I brought in Dr. Joe O. I brought in Lex for the SEO component side, you know, SEO component of things. And when we look at the metrics, the things that I have that have done really well were things I just did on a whim. I've spoken about this before on previous episodes, uh, podcast episodes, but I have a video on YouTube, how to release a Popletius or however you want to say it. And that is my number one video. I did that video on a whim, probably because my knee was hurting uh, when I had visited uh, California just however many years ago. Uh, my number one blog post that I actually had to pull down, I did not necessarily on a whim, but it wasn't with any kind of strategy, right? I was doing a lot of pelvic floor PT at the time. And one of the questions I was answering a lot was about abdominal massage or why people would need abdominal massage, constipation, things like that. And so I did a whole blog post about it. And that thing popped off. I had no idea because I never checked the traffic that I was receiving to my website. Excuse me. And then once I did start checking it, I was like, holy smokes, maybe I got to pull this down. And I actually did end up pulling it down. But the point here being, get started with what you have, you just might get lucky. If you're like, but suppose it's terrible, that's actually fine. And I think it's more okay for long form things because if it's actually bad, like let's just call it spade to spade. If it's actually bad, guess what? People aren't going to watch it. They're not going to read it. They're not going to listen to it. Right? If you're like, if the microphone, the, the audio quality isn't good, your friends and family maybe will listen to it and then they'll be like, hey, maybe you should maybe fix this. Right? If you have good friends. If it's a blog, same thing. If, if it's not well-written or whatever, if it's just not that good, objectively, people won't, won't read it. They won't see it anyway. So it's kind of like, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter. I tell this to people when they talk about doing IG Lives because I love IG Lives. I think it's a phenomenal way to build trust with an audience. What happens if no one shows up? Well, you can't mess up then. It's the best IG Live you ever did. It's the same concept here. So short-form things don't last. They don't disappear anyway. Long-form things, evergreen things, you might get lucky because they do last. Flip side, if it is bad, no one's going to go and look at it and see it because it takes effort to actually consume this long-form content. So they'll just stop. I also think there's a lot of value in kind of having this as like a memoir or like a... a, a 
recollection, I don't know the word, of your journey and where you've been. I don't delete any posts. And if you manage to scroll all the way back on my Instagram account, you'll see that. You'll see where I started. And I'm incredibly proud of that. That whole phrase that's out there, something along the lines of if you're not embarrassed by your old works, then you waited too long to start. I don't believe that. I'm incredibly proud of what I did. And I'm going to be incredibly proud of this because it's the best that I could do at the time. I have no embarrassment for how things were. It was the best that I could do at that time. And then from there, I can you know, improve on it. So that's the action steps for if you're just starting out. Flip side of this or the next side of this, if you've been doing the thing for a while and now you're looking to pivot or add things on, change directions, I got a few steps for you. That's because this is where I'm currently at with this whole bringing the podcast onto the YouTubery. And I'm not going to lie, folks, it's just very weird to be recording without hearing myself in my headphones. So thank you for bearing with me. So number one, if you've been doing the thing, you're looking to kind of change directions a little bit, add things, whatever. Determine the thing that you are most concerned about and address that first right? and give yourself time to get okay with that. So for me, the number one thing I was concerned about was the audio quality. And the reason I was concerned about that is that if you've been listening to the podcast, you know the whole saga with this. I changed the microphone. I got a better microphone, but then that picked up more ambient noise. And so then I treated the room, which you can kind of see if you're on YouTube. And there's still some echo because I don't have a, uh, I don't have carpet in here. And there's a window in front. And so I created this, um, like, this encasement for the microphone. And it's like this big foam ball that I put on top of the mic. And I was using that for a long time. And it made a really nice kind of closed-in sound. But in the back of my mind, I was like, hey, I think I'm going to want to make video of this. And I can't make video of this if I have this big black ball on my face. So I started playing around without using it. And seeing how the episodes felt and sounded, I went back and forth a bunch of times with Lex and I was like, can you tell the difference? How does it sound? And the reality is there is a little bit of a difference, but only to the trained ear and depending on what you're listening on. Majority of people are listening on, you know, AirPods or listening in their car and it's going to sound the exact same. And I was like, you know what? This has to be good enough for now. It has to be. It's still. And let's be honest, if we're going to be relative here still better than a lot of the podcasts I listen to. So I'm like, are you in a bathtub right now? Are you in a bathtub? A lot of echo. So that was the thing I was the most concerned about. And I addressed it. I've been addressing it for, you know, a few months now. And I'm at a place where I know that the sound quality that's being produced is good and I'm happy with it. So that's one less thing I had to worry about when looking to bring this to video. The second point here is prepare for all the outcomes. So for me, when I was thinking about making this into video, I was like, suppose the video doesn't record. Suppose there's a sound issue on the, the end, you know, the video end. And realistically, I was just like, well, I'll just do it again next time. I'm not going to re-record. I'm not going to go back. I'm preparing for that outcome. And so in preparing, I was like, let me double check things. Let me make sure that, you know, I've played around with the setups a bit and kind of layering things in there. But I was like, if it doesn't record, well... It doesn't record. It is what it is. I've given myself enough time in the day. If, heaven forbid, something happened with just the audio for the podcast, I could record it again, but that should be totally fine because I haven't changed that setup and so prepared for those for that outcome. Third point here, pick the easiest obstacle and then you just do it. Right? I know we like to like dissect things and find out why and figure out the meaning of life and all this other stuff, but at the end of the day, you have to just do it. So... 
if we're talking about eating a chocolate frog, then you'd be like, eat the leg. This sounds so bad. I feel bad saying it, but I think you understand what I'm getting out here. So for me, the thing that was like a friction point, but the easiest obstacle and easiest because it had a clear start and end was cleaning my desk. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to clean the desk. I can do this. I can gain some momentum. That's also ties into the whole, you know, eat the frog is you gain momentum. Things after that tend to be easier when you have the momentum, even if it's a bigger problem you're going after, right? It's just that you have momentum because momentum beats motivation every single time. And then the fourth part here, which I think is possibly the most important part, identify slash remember why you're wanting to make this change. So for me, I have a bracelet on. If you're on, you know, listening to this on the podcast, you can't see it. But for those of you on YouTube, here it is. Uh, one of those like, you know, circle bracelets with a little washer. What a business that is, right? But either way, I have one of those bracelets. I get one every year. Allison's daughter makes me one. Allison, my mentor. And this year, it says, grow. I had to double check those. I was like, this is bold? No, I'm pretty sure it says grow. This year it says grow. I think next year's word is going to be create. Spoiler alert. Uh, but it says grow. And the reason that I wanted to bring the podcast onto YouTube is because I'm looking to grow. I'm looking to grow my reach. I'm looking to grow as a creator. I'm looking to grow as a business owner. I'm looking to grow as a human. And that is my why. And I'm like, you know what? That means that I'm going to have to do some tough things because the exact things that I did to get me here will not get me to the next level. Who I am, that'll get me there, right? My work ethic, things like that. But the exact processes, where are my Canadians that got me here, they will not get me to the next step, the next phase. So I leaned into that and I was like, you know what? We're going to do the thing. Additionally, I thought back to all of the things that I've started in the past and what it was like to be a beginner and what it actually looked like. And it, it looked not perfect. Right? We know perfect doesn't even exist. So leaning on that, leaning on that evidence of, hey, we all start somewhere and that's fine. I think the concern that people may have as someone that has an established brand is like, but like I'm not a beginner to that audience. And to that I say, lean on the trust that you've built. Right? So... Three things that make up trust or allow us to build trust, and that's competency, benevolence, and integrity. People will forgive errors in competency, meaning like you make a mistake, if the benevolence is, that came out weird, if the benevolence is there and if the integrity is there. And so if you're new, make sure you're leading with benevolence. You actually truly have the people's best interest at heart and lead with integrity, right? Be, uh, live your values, live in accordance with your, your values and your, whatever moral code it is that you have. So if you're on the other side of that trust barrier, that trust wall, well, then lean on that and understand that people will forgive errors in competency and when you're, you're new and if you're stumbling and if you have some issues. And if they don't, well, they're not your people. I know it's easier said than done, but it's the truth. So the whole goal here in this, this episode is to get new data that you can work from. Create new data points that you can work from. You can't work from what ifs, right? If you're a beginner, it's like, what if, what if, what if? You can't work from there. There's no solid foundation. If you're kind of the you know, intermediate or you've been doing it, maybe you're advanced, you can't work from what about. So what about, what about, what about? You can look to prepare, but then at some point, you have to actually do the thing, eat the chocolate frog, Get new data points that you can then 
work from because you can work from what ha- happened was, right? You can work from that. And you're like, well, that's what happened. I love saying that. What ha- happened was you can work from that and say, okay, that's what happened. This is how I'm going to fix it next time. That's what happened. I'm going to fix it next time. All right. I got my eye on the time. I like to keep these on the shorter side and it looks great. This is our first one as a video, as a YouTube video, if you want to check out the video. I don't even know when this thing's going to be up because we got to edit. I don't know. But you can go check out the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash The Movement Maestro. Courtney, if you could link that in the show notes, amazing. Uh, you can go check that out. And if it's up there, amazing. Amazing. I don't think it's going to be up there when the podcast drops, uh, but when the podcast episode drops, but we will see. Uh, if not, feel free to shoot me a DM. The Movement Maestro asked me, when the heck is it going to be up? And I'll let you know when it's up. You can always shoot me a text, 310-737-2345. Ask me the same thing. And that is it. As always, endlessly appreciative for every single one of you. I got no special calls to action this time. I'm just incredibly grateful that you're, you're with me on this journey and you're being kind for this first episode that I'm doing All right, officially wrapping it up. Until next time, friends, Maestro out.